When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host, Yash Thakur, and... Today we are here to discuss one of the worst experiences in terms of a football game <clears throat> while watching Real Madrid Femenino and it was a terrible game uh, as we would as everyone that is listening to this probably already knows it was so bad that we actually delayed recording the pod because every, both of us were dreading re-watching that game and it was actually dreadful on the second watch so yeah uh we'll break the game down we'll have we have some major talking points i think and we we will sort of also preview the upcoming champions league playoff game against valaranga so to do all of that today with me i have kanita as always kanita how are you doing well hello uh as as yash said uh, I'm I'm actually very annoyed by the game and yeah it was very dreadful. I didn't I did not want to rewatch it. Uh, but I did. Um so yeah, uh this is I yeah, this is the first game uh, like of the season since the season started. Um probably first of many as we've seen from, you know, uh, previous seasons that are actually dreadful like that we just didn't want to watch the game uh, because there were quite a few of them last season and this was the first one this season. Didn't take long. So, yeah. Um, we managed to find one of these. Not hard, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's just start. I don't know. Let, let's just start. Talking about weird things in this game, <laughs> I think it began from the very start right from the lineups i think when i saw the lineup i was i was like first first reaction was okay maybe we are trying something different maybe we are actually doing a sort of a sensible uh experiment where we are trying to use the tools available to us but 
I was also a bit a bit taken aback by by the combination that we were fielding and some of the things that happened on the pitch uh, absolutely took me by shock and I was like what what in the blue hell is happening here so looking at the lineup it was a 4-2-3-1 like we always do but the choice of players was was a bit interesting so the backline was normal it was Misa in goal Oihane started at right back Ivana was back in the lineup, so Ivana started as the right centre back. Uh, Rocio Galvez started as the left centre back. Then it was Savava as the left back. A midfield double pivot of Toletti and Zornosa, with a front four of Raso, Caroline Moller Hansen, Olga, and Brun was leading the line. So we started with a front two of Caroline Moller Hansen and Senior Brun. Two very tall, physically dominating players who are actually good in, in a front two. But both of them play the same role where they can act as a hold-up player to let the other player run in behind. So we were actually trying two very physical specimen, two target players up top. Which was a bit weird because you actually need somebody who can make the run in behind. And that sort of thing was coming from from the wide players or from the midfielders, which was it was an interesting dynamic to say the least. Uh, Linda did not start, which was a surprise to me because I thought like we had discussed this because it seemed like she was the sort of sort of the first name on the team sheet, but uh, looks like it's not the case. Or maybe we just rotated it against Villarreal. I don't know. But yeah, what did you make of the of the lineup? Because uh, I'll I'll let you speak first, and then I'll share my thoughts about why I think the dynamic was interesting, but also like a bit foolish because there were two target players and nobody to run in behind. But yeah, w- what did you make of of the lineup in general? Yeah, it um, it was certainly a sight to see. Um, you know, seeing seeing it for the first time. Um. Very interesting. And I I didn't know what was happening because I saw both Olga and Svava. I saw, uh, I don't know, I saw two midfielders and then I um, noticed Mila. Okay, then, only then I noticed Mila. And I said, oh, great, what what is this formation then? And um, then I thought it was probably like 4-2 four, four or something like that. It was um, it was a mess. I mean, I, I I can't even define it. It was a mess, um, because I remember uh, watching Mila and Brun with uh, Denmark before, um, when they would be on the pitch together, and when they would play like at least an hour together, I would notice those two switching from one side to another like all basically all positions uh in attack and it was very chaotic okay it was very chaotic with denmark and i didn't expect any anything different you know here because i genuinely didn't know what this lineup was you know but aside from this because you know uh, this was like mila's second time she got to play the season he got like two minutes in the first league match, by the way. And then he decided to start her um, 
against VRL. It was so random. I mean, he just decided, oh, now you play. Um, like, no pressure at all to the player or anything. Um, just this whole situation, I don't know what, what he's been thinking, but sure. Um, then, putting aside the situation, uh, and then I, <laughs> my, my next complaint were uh, Sveva and Olga. Because I think two games ago, it happened that he brought in Sveva, yeah, uh, like 20 or 15 minutes before the end. Uh, and Olga was there on the pitch as well. And that was the first time that we saw Sveva on the left wing while Olga was on the pitch. So, silly me, I, I was hoping that would happen again. Uh, it did not. Sveva um, was playing left back. Actually, no, she was more of a center back, like a silly center back. When, um, yeah, it, it was weird. Um, at times, she would be a third center back. So yeah, but, you know, we don't have a lot of them anyway. So, uh, so yeah, silly me for thinking that she would actually be a winger and that uh, Olga would, you know be a left back but no that did not happen yeah again silly me but yeah i'm um ivana started again and played a full match by the way so i just wanted to say oh i know we mentioned in the last podcast that it was very weird that she was subbed out and after 45 minutes that it was maybe precaution for injury or something but yeah she she was fine she was good in this game and yeah anyway she started she played the full game which is you know expected so i'm glad that nothing happened to ivana uh you know judging on this match at least and yeah i just didn't know what to expect with the two midfielders that we have because this was the first time we didn't have tere start and i was like why you know i, I think everyone was asking the same question uh it, it's so odd to leave tere out of the lineup especially like when we go later on um in the game we'll talk about when uh, she came on and how the game went then so yeah that, those are some main points about the lineup uh i mean all in all it's very weird it was very weird very unexpected and he's been heavily rotating ever since we got injured and i don't think that um i think the first lineup only made sense he's and the other two, I don't know. I just, yeah, weird. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the midfield thing because I, I the way I, I was thinking after the World Cup, like post the sort of performances that Tere put and everybody was, everybody knew who Tere was and, you know, was a big fan of the way she played for Spain in, in the World Cup. For me, it was very straightforward. Like we, our our midfield would look like Tere, Toletti, and Weir. Weir got injured, but I was like Tere and Toletti are definitely staying in, and the third place would be, uh, you know, sort of rotated between Maite and Zoranosa somehow. So I was a bit shocked to not see Tere there. I think. I mean we have not properly used Tere since the last season like she she'll start some game then she'll disappear from the lineup for some reason i hope that does not happen i i hope like she just cements her place in in the team 
that is what i want the most and uh in terms of the front two dynamics i i have mentioned as well like they were two target players with nobody to run in behind it, it was an interesting setup like you know if we were going to cross that would have been uh you know sort of good okay yeah we are going to cross so we have those two players up front and we get the sort of aerial aerial dominance with them and we can also go direct and both of them can actually hold play and run run the channels so uh, it did seem interesting on paper but there were also concerns about actually who is going to be the player that the other person is going to hold a play for because when you're holding a play you're expecting your other teammates to actually move forwards and make the run in behind but that was not being offered at that moment and that was the that was the thing that did not allow this front two to actually blossom because none of the natural instincts of these players actually aligned with that so there was that Villarreal were in their 4-4-2 which was in in a weird way like when they were doing some <coughs> off the ball stuff it was uh it was sort of a 4-4-2 but also like Francisca Lara was pressing up on our pivot for some reason from the wide area so it became a weird sort of 4-3-1-2 sort of thing but yeah I mean it was largely a 4-4-2 only uh so yeah let's let's get into the game uh let's start by talking about a thing that we were doing in build up which i found very interesting uh we were building out in a back three like a proper back three like we had ivana rocio and svava in the back three with uh oihane pushing higher up olga acting as the wing back so it was basically what we were playing at times was a sort of a 3-4-3 with <coughs> Oihane actually playing as the right wing back and Olga actually offering width on the left. We had our uh, we had our double pivot in, in the middle and we had Moler and Brun and Rasso forming that sort of a front three or Moler and Rasso acting as two tens behind uh, behind Brun. But it was interesting. I think the back three actually w was a good thing that we did because it made it easier for us to actually enter the final third uh, because Villarreal's 4-4-2 press was outnumbered very easily. So with Savava staying uh, staying back a little, we had we had a lot of uh, room to like work around and we always had one free player in the build-up phase, which, which, was, which was really good because once you have that sort of wide outlet you would pass it to them they would pass it to the wing back and then you would have your midfielders like toletti uh making some great runs into the channel and offering for that ball so getting into the final third was not a problem and we solved that situation pretty well in my opinion with the back three and i quite like that uh, I, I i'm going to hand it over to you to take your opinions about it what, what did you think of the back three build up and do you think it is a viable option moving forward because you know if we play Savava and Olga together I think this can can be a viable option in the in in the first phase because you get Savava uh, into your side as well you get Savava's defensive stability and and the knack for for passes and 
now with Savava having improved defensively a lot over the course of last season I think it it is a very viable option and like we have said as well and we have discussed this at length about Savava being the fourth choice center back in in the squad uh, do you think this is uh, actually a viable option moving forwards if we want to accommodate both Olga and Suwava into the same lineup? And and what did you think of the back three build up in general in this game? I don't. I don't really have a, a notes about the uh, back three build up. To be honest, uh, like I've been thinking, um, what else do I have to say on it? But it's. Um, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. However, uh, I feel like it, the match was super frustrating uh, because Villarreal would have fire at the back whenever we get close to their area. Um, like, they immediately go to back five. And then, well, it was basically, it was very hard to go like through the center. And if you want to go like wide, uh, if they, um, if our players would like take a bit longer to make decision or like to pass between each other, um, the winger, the one basically the one who is the most up on the sidelines, is um, it basically has two markers in a very little time. And for that to, you know, to get rid of those markers, they would have to move pretty fast, uh, move the ball fast and uh, basically just fuse them uh, before the markers even arrive to, you know, the winger. Um, the the build-up, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think that it uh, worked against Villarreal because they were so dense. Uh, in the defense, like they were in defense all the time. So, I mean, um, th- maybe that's why I don't have any notes uh, on this because basically nothing came out of this. Um, nothing came out of anything, basically. Uh, but the thing that I'm uh, that I'm actually saying this thing about like having to move the ball very quick, quickly or confuse the players actually that can be seen in the goal that came on well the last minute so uh yeah and i mean olga bufolka and sveva i think that they channeled the same energy in this game uh and they took some daring shots i mean olga usually does that um whenever she can and sveva also took one like in there was the um most that like the unluckiest shot I've ever seen in the fifth minute. It just hit the cross guard was a long shot. But so yeah, I wanted to uh, mention that. But yeah, it's like they channel the same energy in this game. So oh yes, let's shoot. Uh, and I think that Sveva had a better aim this game than Olga. So yeah, I mean I don't know. I would um I would like to see them switching like positions more often. Like that Sveva is more up. Uh, because I think that I like her crosses, okay? I do like her crosses. Uh, I've, I've said that before. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. So yeah, I, I think I'm gonna stop here because I don't really have anything specific to add on the build up. I think you you brought up a very good point unknowingly because you said we did not create in final third, but 
we did actually reach the final third quite often and that is the thing that you know build up is supposed to do you you can help your side reach the final third and after that you need some other mechanisms to actually break down a deep block which Villarreal had so it's interesting because we actually succeeded in the first phase in my opinion we actually with, with the back three creating that sort of 3v2 in the first line where Villarreal's two were outnumbered and we could easily find a free free player that was that that actually worked so i think it was interesting to see and i would like to see more of it but i think it's going to be restricted i don't think we are going to see a a, a whole lot of it because probably uh linda will be back in the lineup in the midweek because i think this was just a, a sort of a rest for for those players both linda and athenea I think they both will start against Valeranga in, in the midweek. So, yeah, we won't be seeing this as often, but I am intrigued and I am I want to see more of this as Savava as a sort of a makeshift uh, left back, left centre-back at times in, in, in a back four, allowing Oihane to push forwards and, you know, us forming a sort of a, a situational back three in the game I, I i quite enjoyed that and it gives us an advantage as well because a lot of the teams do uh press it with a front two so we can easily outnumber them and if they commit three then we can have them commit more numbers and try to work the ball around them so yeah i think i i quite i quite like it i think the next thing that we should uh discuss in my opinion is something that i also noticed i don't know if you did because this <coughs> this happened for a brief moment and then it stopped uh for some reason and we went back to doing a normal sheet but we were actually pressing them in a 4-4-2 diamond shape with with rasso as the number 10 on their goal kicks especially and i was pretty shocked like i i, I wasn't sure what was happening there I had to rewatch it to confirm what what I was seeing because Rasso was actually playing as the as the sort of a a number ten behind the two strikers when when they were taking the goal kick. So Rasso would be on the on the pivot and both Brune and Moller will be applying pressure on the centre backs and stuff and forcing them to go long. It, it was an interesting interesting setup, but yeah, I mean I. I was taken aback like it, it did not make sense to me to have one of your wide players come so centrally uh, during the off ball phase and then expect her to go wide as well uh, like immediately it, it was pretty surprising for me I don't know if you notice or have anything to say it's okay if you don't uh, you can just hand it back to me and I'll add a couple of things but yeah, did, did you notice that or am I or am I the only one? Because I, I definitely saw Haley Rasso actually, uh, you know, pressing in a sort of a tent. For the listeners, I think I can give you a timestamp time as well that for, for a sequence, I think in, in, the, in the 19th minute towards the end, like around 80 minute, 40 second mark. I think uh, you can go and look at the goal kick that Villarreal are taking and the way we are set up. It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I don't know if it was by design or the, the players just sort of went in that position uh, by their own in that moment because it happened for a couple of times at the start and then it just stopped. 
then we just went back to the traditional 442 uh, off ball structure that we normally have but yeah uh, what did you think of it if you notice it it's fine if you did not so you if you don't have anything to say that's fine too uh, at first, when you were when you started talking about uh, Raso going like as a number ten, uh, I thought that you were talking about like the very beginning of the fir- uh, of the second half. Sorry, um, like that for the few for the first few minutes that she was operating more centrally in the second half, uh, and she ha- did have one chance at the very beginning and stuff but no it wasn't that uh but that's what you mentioned about the pressing and no i actually haven't uh um i'll have to check it out later but interesting point yeah it is it is definitely like it really piqued my interest in that moment and i if (coughs) i will try to share some screenshots as well on my profile uh for anyone interested because it was really it was really something that I did not expect and yeah I mean that this this thing is what kept me very much into the game until the 25th minute or so and then like we played some absolutely horrible football like I I don't know what to say about it it was just so terrible like I I, I'm lost for words in in reality like it, it was so bad like i cannot imagine we won but we took some 23 shots and there were just three shots on target and it wasn't like our shots were missing the target by you know sort of a small margin and we are just missing the far post or we are just uh, missing the corner uh, where the goalkeeper has dived or something we were taking some absolutely worse shots and i think this leads us on to something that i think we should be discussing and it should be actually you know a a big major concern in terms of how we approach things like especially with zoronosa and and moler as well we are very very wasteful in possession we just don't make any use of it and at times with especially with zornos and i think uh, this has this needs to be mentioned like yes she can score a, a long ranger and she has done so multiple times in the past and in her career and that's great that's all great but sometimes whenever she whenever she sees a yard of space this proclivity of hers to sort of just let it rip from whatever range just you know take the shot take a chance it's actually quite wasteful in position because there are better options you know just circulating around the block and trying to find a better opening would actually create a higher quality chance than you know a a sort of a hopeful effort from range which would never even go in and people people will remember the goals obviously because they are memorable they she scores from range she scores from range in the champions league against against barcelona and that's that's all great you know i i enjoy that that's nice but also she doesn't score on every attempt that is not true this is the conundrum of a of somebody we always like to call as a long great long range 
great long range specialist so uh, I, I don't understand uh, like for for to make it easier for the listener uh, i would say if you remember ruben neves everyone thinks ruben neves is a great long range shooter uh, wrong and the reason for that is he does score goals from long range and people remember that but people don't what people don't remember is that for that goal to be scored there were many multiple attempts from range which were absolutely wasteful in possession and very frustrating and i think that is the case with zornosa as well as time is going on uh, in in possession sequences where you know there is a better passing option where passing sideways would have been a better option just to retain possession because what the shot does is if it's if it's going over it doesn't just it's not just ending our possession sequence it's giving the ball back to the opponent and that is actually like quite stupid in that moment when you are especially when you're chasing game i understand that sometimes out of desperation if nothing is working you take a long range shot i i agree with that but it does not need to happen as frequently as we do and as frequently as zornos has been doing uh, i think this needs to be discussed because you know we have capable players on the ball to be able to create zornosa is one of them she can actually create chances from open play she has the incisive passing to her but you cannot like waste possession sequences like that especially once you have reached into the final 40% of the pitch you can't just take a shot and hope for the best like that is not how it works uh, but yeah w- what did you think of our our shooting and what did you think of zornosa uh, being a little wasteful in possession with with her with her decision making w- what do you think of this thing do you think this is a, a real concern or am i just uh, focusing too much on the on the specifics here you know uh, i did notice something weird with zornosa i just couldn't uh, like name it uh, like whenever i would watch uh, her what she's doing um I, I would say something i just couldn't name it so i feel like the fact that you just called it wasting possession i think that's um that's perfect <laughs> uh i i just i don't know like at times i would watch where she is where she's going and where she's sending the ball and I, i'd be confused um because I don't know. It's just confused. I I don't think there's another word I have for this. Um, but I, I, yeah, if the the game the game was horrendous uh, as the shots were. Uh, yeah. The thing is, in the last in the last five games against Villarreal, uh, there was in the past two seasons because we. Well, last four games, sorry, we didn't play the second game this season. Um, we only had, like, one where we, like, won comfortably. It was 4-0. The others, we struggled. We, like, barely won. Copa del Arena, we even had to go in uh, to extra time against Villarreal. And um, it's always frustrating to watch these games against Villarreal. And uh, you can see that our players get frustrated um, pretty soon into the game. 
um as you mentioned like you were enjoying for like the first 25 minutes or so so yeah i would put a stamp on like uh, half an hour maybe maybe even less I, i'd put like 20 minutes honestly but um they just get frustrated you know it's just when they try when we try through the middle obviously doesn't work they have too many players in the middle you know they have five players immediately whenever we would um even come near their box and you know i already mentioned what would happen if we went to the sides and took too long to make decisions and everything but um yeah and then what happened is like a bunch of long shots and long shots and long shots and from all the sides and in, in just such random moments and um obviously Sornosa's long shots are usually the most random ones um because it's not it's not like she's stuck there you know uh it's not like she didn't have options uh she had she would have quite a lot of space around her uh they weren't pressing on her they weren't pressing on like anyone near her or anything she had options she could have passed with the side or anything but she would choose to make these weird long shots that would that's just not be good you know they, they just they went way way over or just no it's yeah, if the goal was like ten time, uh, ten times wider and ten times taller, maybe it would have gone in. So yeah, uh, but it's just not just Arnos. Honestly, it was uh, pretty much everyone. Like I said, Olga took like two or three shots. I don't know. Um, the fact that we had twenty three and only three on target, uh, was you know tells you a lot that they were frustrated. They were very very frustrated. Uh, and Villarreal was um. Well, not helping. <laughs> Probably uh, their goal was not to help, obviously. But um, they made the game even more frustrating because at uh, at times they would start rolling on the ground and then our players would all get frustrated at that. And uh, especially as the time went on and, you know, we just wanted to score. Uh, you know how that goes. We just won that late goal and it, the game was just um the time was passing and it wasn't looking like we would score and it just became more horrible by as it went on i don't know it just yeah uh, this is the proper suffer ball this proper haram ball that we use the term for this um yeah i i i wish i don't ever have to watch another VRL game. Sadly, I will have to, you know, because there's at least one more this season. So, yeah, but yeah, note to the uh, listeners um, whenever we play against VRL, expect this, you know, except just accept, uh, expect suffering and nothing less and nothing more than that, honestly. I think like. It is not the first time that we have played this bad and we have looked out of ideas. But the difference before used to be a certain Scottish player who would... Like, I, I truly believe that if if Veer was there, we would be talking about this game in, in a, with a sort of a different light because we would still be struggling. 
to break them down we will still be having all the problems that we are discussing right now but caroline weir with her sheer brilliance would have us two to three goals up already and we wouldn't be going to the 90th minute without with the scores level against villarreal like that is the difference that caroline weir's presence and absence makes like that is how much it is like she is the difference between a win and a draw and we did win in this game but you know it would be i would be lying if i said that it was like a well deserved win where we created so many chances but we were unlucky or something we did not create enough we just did not we had 23 shots but none of them looked like they were threatening like the most threatening shot was in the 5th minute by sawawa from outside the box that actually hit the crossbar you know so i don't know it was a, it was a really bad performance i think and i hope like this changes and we have been saying this same thing for multiple times over and nothing nothing seems to seems to change but yeah well talking about changes i think in the second half like we we were all expecting some some subs because the first half looked like really bad and we weren't able to like do anything so in in the second half we made some changes around the 62nd minute mark with Atenea replacing Haley Raso, Linda Caicedo coming in for Caroline Moller because obviously the Moller and Brune partnership was not working. Both were trying to run the channels. Nobody was like when when you hold a play nobody was the one taking the runs in behind or being there for the wide layoff and stuff like that. So it was a weird dynamic and in terms of like off ball pressing as well both were very unsynchronized in in that regard so it, it it did not help as much for us uh, that front two partnership although i feel like it is it's an interesting one especially if we are like looking to cross a lot i think those two can be a handful for the opposition defense but in the 62nd minute we bring on linda caicedo and athenea and a few minutes later we also bring on tere and zornosa goes off so i mean for zornosa i think it wasn't really a good game for me i i i i think she is better than what we have seen and i think that has been the theme of her for for a uh, for a bit now people are uh, not really like as critical i think about her performances but when in the ranks when you have tere etoleti and uh, maite waiting i think every mistake is that much more looks that much more worse because there is a player who would probably not make that mistake uh, sitting on the bench so i think uh, that that midfield spot is is probably the most fiercely competed spot in the in the team because you have such good quality players like zornosa included zornosa we know that she has the quality she can do things but she just needs to understand and make better use of the possession that she gets which we haven't seen in in a while now and that is really frustrating but let's talk about uh raso so raso started this game and she was she was handed an interesting role like like i mentioned on the off ball setup she was as the number 10 she was playing and 
she was doing some some bits in in pressing and she was using her speed to get to the ball first was earning a couple of fouls as well i think she was fouled at least three times uh, uh in in the game and she was earning those fouls to get us the free kick in in dangerous position in the in the final third and i think it was a it was a decent performance but overall with with her i feel like there is always a sense of sort of a frustration when she puts in the final ball the final ball is not that great uh, most of the times she drifts centrally a lot which is pretty uh, strange to me like she is always coming in centrally when you have when you have a sort of a central presence in brune it it doesn't make as much sense for me uh, but yeah what did you make of uh, raso's performance and what did you think of caroline moller hansen's performance as well because you know last season when after the final international break moller suddenly became the the player that was most trusted in terms of minutes and in terms of impact and then again at the start of this season she is not being considered as much she started this game did not look that great in my opinion but yeah w- what did you make of her performances and hayley raso's performance as well to be honest um the first time when i was watching the game and <coughs> as the time went on i realized that i haven't really um you know paid a lot of attention to raso and then i thought okay let's uh i'll do that in the rewatch and then i forgot to do it again <laughs> so i didn't have uh notes on her i remember like um uh that she managed to stop few actions on uh on her side uh that you know she did her defending part well there um and yeah she does she does drift more centrally i i've noticed in the past games she played as well ah uh, she likes to do that i guess and yeah i don't really have any more notes on her uh but Mila, i i don't know what she did um i was watching like i, I was i was i wanted to see I, I, in the rewatch i was okay let's watch her and then i was confused i i was just confused uh but as i said it's um it's an interesting situation um as it always is with some decisions the coach makes um i don't know he just put her in this random lineup chaotic one um after just playing two minutes um in the first game of the season and then nothing since then so i don't know i don't know i mean i don't know if he has any idea what to do with her any plans with her uh that that's my my concern i mean it's always been my concern what plans does he have with his players um because yeah it really confuses me but uh, i think mila is one of the most frustrating cases for me uh i just don't know what it was uh, i don't know like she was she was like operating a, a bit uh behind the bone right and she would like serve to connect with others uh right behind rune and i just didn't notice like anything coming out of it uh like 
serving us so well. I don't know. I'm just. I don't know if he knows what he's doing. That's again. I mean, I keep saying this sentence all over again. I don't know if he knows what he's doing. So, um, yeah, this is probably my motto. And like when watching the these games, constantly just he doesn't know what he's doing. That's that's it. Yeah, I mean, there there obviously seems to be like a lack of coherent ideas in the in the team in terms of the management as well. Like it's it's been weird. Uh, and it's not the first time that we are bringing this up. We have been bringing this up since the end of last season. And we have been pretty critical, I think, uh, in terms of analyzing the performances and the tactical setup that we have and how it is not able to maximize uh, our players, which is not right. So, yeah. Well, then Tere came on in the, in the 70th, 72nd minute and she actually like immediately when she came on you could see that our passing game like improved a bit and obviously it it is also a sort of a game state effect where we started pushing up very very aggressively so it was just ivana savava and rocio at the back with you know everyone else pushed up like it was almost five bodies up front with just two midfielders like holding the ground trying to hold the ground and Tere is, is good. Like Tere understands position sequences. She, she understands where the ball needs to go and how you can retain possession while actually searching for that better opening. And she did that. So after some more frustrating football from us, in the 89th minute, we actually managed to find a breakthrough via Brun. And the ball like sort of pinballed at the edge of the box. And then... You have Olga making a run in behind. Olga plays the ball across the goal and you have uh, Bruna at the at the far post just unmarked and ready to just tap it in. And in that moment, like I was obviously happy that we scored, but I was like, this is another game which, you know, when looking back, it would be a game one. But sort of at what cost, you know, like, yes, obviously three points. Yeah, they're, they're paramount. We, we cannot afford to drop points. I, I totally get that. But these performances are going to cost us at some point and they'll cost us in, in the games that matter the most, like the big games where everyone is watching and everyone keeps thinking that because of this result, if you look back at the result, if you look back at Toril's tenure, you will see a lot of wins, right? Because we have won a lot of games. And that will be that. Like people will be like, oh, see, look, Real Madrid don't lose to teams they are not supposed to lose. They they win against teams that they are supposed to win. They they are a great side. They are taking they are making strides. They are going to challenge Barcelona for the for the league and blah 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 and whatnot. But that is not the truth. We play some absolutely terrible football. Like Villarreal, we were unable to break or create uh, like good chances against Villarreal. Like in terms of quality, our squad is like way better than them. I think in terms of quality, our squad is easily the second best squad in the league. We just don't play football to match that at all. 
and it's really uh, and it's starting to get really frustrating because these players are really good players these players can be a part of a possession structure that maximizes each and every single one of them but we just lack ideas when nothing works we just go back to crossing we just go back to long shooting our plan a is not good enough and we don't have a plan b so it's 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 a weird place to be in i don't know like every time we win a game like this it it just makes it seem like oh the manager is actually doing great when you look back at results because history won't remember the performance unless like you are a, a you are a great fan like when things are written when things are spoken about and when the sort of the image that is perceived by a general fan who does not watch week in week out football is that real madrid are actually doing quite well they have made they have taken strides they they are a side who are here to win they win all their winnable games and are still trying to push barcelona to some ex- to some extent and i don't know how much i agree with it honestly like i've been very critical about the team i think the results have masked a lot of the shortcomings in terms of chance creation in terms of build up and progression in terms of uh, in game management or like overall squad management i think it's it's just not good enough at the moment but yeah uh, i don't know <laughs> i don't have anything else to say if you want to add anything about the goal or about how you felt about the result and what what it means in the large scale of things you can do so now and then we can do a short of short preview once again about our upcoming champions league game so yeah take the stage so um the thing is yeah while we can't afford to lose any points um I I just I just want to say that we did not deserve to get these free points at all. Uh, so here's the thing: uh, the goal itself, uh, well, it's it's controversial uh, because it shouldn't it it should have been illegal. Um, first of all, uh, because they try like they just began going into a counter-attack. They didn't, they hadn't initiated it yet, but McKenna was um, starting to run. And, um, well, Tere took the ball and she fouled her. Uh, it was a clear foul. Like, everyone will tell you it's a clear foul. You can watch it for yourself if you haven't. And Tere herself actually paused because she expected the ref to call the foul. And um, it's a it's a minor detail, but she paused there. She didn't um, she didn't do anything with the ball. Then in that very moment, Atenea runs from the right side, runs to Tere, takes the ball away from her as uh, as the ball was well kind of already go- going away. But Tere wasn't going for the ball, but Atenea took it, and then the sequence started. Uh, so you know Tere herself was confused. Um, and then, you know, um, you, you can remember that there were some, some goal kicks from, by Villarreal that should have been corners for us. Um, there were like a couple of times 
Um, it was both in second half, I think, as well. Uh, Brun was complaining a lot both times about it because she saw it. Um, actually, both of them included her. One was her shot, and the second one was like um, her trying to get the header, uh, but the but it wasn't her who got it. It was the defender uh, right behind her, and the defender took it out. You know um so it should have been a corner so yeah interesting um things so then like when you look at that maybe say oh we got like two corners taken away from us so maybe it's um fair to have this goal handed to us i don't know um but refereeing once again is terrible in this week uh yeah even if it goes you know, in our favor, it's still not right. <laughs> uh, we we have to be fair on it. Uh, but mentioning Tere, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he waited for like what seventy one minutes, I think, to bring her on because in the first minute on the pitch, she she took control immediately. She had like at least five touches in the first minute uh she went obviously she was deep, deepest midfielder so she went all the way back to defense she was orchestrating the ball like where to go like uh she was communicating with the defense and then uh going to the sides and when they uh, passed back to the defense then uh they would uh, go through her again Everything was going through Tara there, and you know it, it, she was actually orchestrating um, the midfield. Like, she was orchestrating our play like since the moment she got on, and you can say that, that how much of a game changer she really is. And this is why she had to start. I mean, we we're not just saying oh Tara should start because of great World Cup campaign. It's truly what she brings to the table, especially now with that we don't have a weir. And that, well, we took some questionable choices in, you know, in transfer market when it comes to defense, you know, uh, aka we didn't sign any center backs. <laughs> uh, she is more than needed in the lineup. And yeah, it just, the game got much more enjoyable. Well, not much more enjoyable, it got enjoyable-ish when she came on because it was really frustrating game it was really hard to watch but when she came on it was just you know um i was having some fun <laughs> so yeah uh the goal yeah i said it enough it just to me we shouldn't have won the three points so yeah it might not be you know my, some people might say oh uh, but we won and then i'll say but it's not fair so yeah, take it what you want from this, honestly. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say like it was fair or unfair, but like our performances are worrying. I think that is the major concern. Like this cannot continue for long because you know you won't always be bailed by a last minute goal, and at some point, like when it matters the most, it won't work and it would look bad and that is the thing like it's it and that won't be just a one-off case you know where we would have looked bad we we've been looking bad for a while so yeah 
anyway i think one more thing that needs to be discussed you brought the topic of center backs and i think it was a very solid performance from ivana once again like ivana looked really good in the in the previous game as well and she was subbed off but i think in this game once again like she she was really good on the ball was caring to break lines was passing the ball really well like i think she she completed 63 out of her 71 passes she completed 13 out of her 15 long balls so so she was really good like in terms of defending as well i think she she did very well and yeah i mean i, I pretty much I, i very much enjoyed and i think this just puts into perspective that ivana is still sort of uh, the top of the tree defender for us uh and she should be starting all of the key games because she does bring leadership she does bring quality on the ball and off the ball and that is very much needed in that backline where you know we struggle a lot uh but yeah what what did you make of ivana's performance i mean i don't have any specifics to add i just uh i'm glad to have her uh and i feel like we're much more stable with her in defense uh yeah I hope she stays healthy and that Torel makes the decisions to you know keep playing her because we really really need her and yeah once again she's our best center back and she was really good in this game I agree I just don't have any more specifics to add so yeah Yeah well I think that pretty much wraps up the game then uh, I would just like to add a couple of things about our upcoming game so our upcoming game is in the Champions League a playoff game and i think uh, okay before i go to that part where i speak about what the potential result can be let's talk a little bit about the rivals i i think we have mentioned this briefly as well when we in one of the pods before we spoke about the play style of valeranga and 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 stuff and they do play a back 3 i've told i've told you this they have tiabel day and <coughs> Tiabel Day among other players who are who are quite you know who who are decent uh, and can cause you problems Karina Sevic is also there who is in in a good touch at the moment and has been has been scoring a bit uh apart from that like if you want to sort of i don't know like uh, the the play style is pretty basic from what i've seen i i did watch their uh I did watch their game this weekend so just to get a gist of what they are actually doing on the pitch so a, a normal 3-4-2-1 with sort of two tens who also run the channels as well uh apart from that like it's nothing special uh in terms of players to watch like if if Tiabel they does play that would be great but another player that can actually cause us a bit of problem is i think yani thompson uh, the danish and i think she she is very good in 1v1 situations and she can beat her marker quite well to generate a shot for herself and i think that is something that we should be wary of because if they do manage to isolate her in a 1v1 situation out wide it can be a sort of a problem for for us but yeah apart from that i like i mentioned karina sevic is is a is a good player uh another forward who can score goal and is actually scoring goals at the moment so you know 
it can cause us a bit problem given how bad our defense is but i think overall since it's going to be two legs i think we should be comfortable and we should win this because you know like there there we we should be winning these games uh, without much trouble but i think we will we will face some trouble because yani thompson is actually a a decent player and uh, she she will cause us problem in terms of how our backline defense and how our defensive structure is so yeah those are a few players that you can keep an eye on and obviously like when when the game happens we'll bring you more specific details but it was just a short preview about how the opponent plays they play in a pack 3 they like to keep the ball they like to move it around from the wide areas with the two tens behind the striker trying to run the channel and the width comes from the wing backs as as usual but yeah the white players are there are the strength like yani thompson can cause some problems if she gets in a in a 1v1 situation against the full backs but yeah i think we should be winning this and we should be making more sensible choices in terms of our lineup selection that is what i hope to see but yeah what, what do you think of of the of the upcoming game what are your predictions if i may ask while i uh while i do not know anything about our opponents uh but you know you just said it um the thing is uh this team <laughs> always plays different in champions league uh than well pretty much any other competition i mean in the league it's basically the same vibe because you know there's no knockout or anything and other competitions we play there are knockouts and all and you know there are actual stakes in all games um but champions league especially is very different i mean it's the it's ramad dna i guess <laughs> at this point um some somehow these champions league matches are always more enjoyable no matter if the league games around these champions league matches are uh, so much insufferable to watch like you know this one was <laughs> uh they always manage to you know put up a show again against well pretty much anyone even if uh like we managed to lose against a bigger team or something you know uh still, they still put up a show and you can uh see how much they try and actual enjoyable football so yeah at least i'm expecting a break from suffer ball that that's all i'm saying i mean my prediction is that we'll win uh, i don't know if we'd win comfortably uh, uh i don't know i mean last year we pl- uh, we played rosenborg um and you know the first game was like more comfortable the second one well they made us suffer and everything but um and then yeah the one one of them was sufferable like we managed to put up like 30 or so shots uh like that kind of game you know a very rare ones uh in champions league for us that you know we played actual sufferable so that was one of them i hope it doesn't um happen again because i really want the break from this vrl game to be honest <laughs> uh, i think we all deserve it uh so yeah i mean we should 
we should qualify for the group stages. And I mean, it, it, it's pretty cool. It's a, a typical Real Madrid DNA, huh? I mean, it's our fourth year of existence and it will be, it would be our third Champions League campaign. Uh, so yeah, it would be cool if we go through to the group stages again, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we we all collectively deserve a payback for this Villarreal game. And I think uh, we do actually get to show some some quality and play some good football against Valaranga, testing our metal against, you know, uh, a European side from Norway. So, yeah, it will be interesting. And we will be there to break it down for you, to bring you all the tactical details and a sort of a rundown of the game and talk about what the future holds based on the result so yeah this is one of the worst games that we have ever played in my opinion we did come out with a win and uh, yeah i don't want to talk about this game ever again so yeah until next time ala madrid ala madrid Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.